everybody. My name is Natanya. I am 25 years old. I'm so excited that you guys um, have decided to uh, participate in our first launching of our YouTube channel. Um, as I've mentioned many, many times before, um, I wanted to do this channel um, called This Is This Isn't Taboo. Um, the reason I wanted to do it really was because, like I mentioned before, I think we lack real conversation nowadays, and I really wanted people to be able to converse. I think it's so important, and we've lost that ability to uh, communicate, um, especially on social media. Nowadays, it's mostly <clears throat> comments that we write back to each other, and a lot of times it get misconstrued, and you know people get mad, and you have like people who don't even know each other, um, ready to like rip each other apart. So I wanted to bring back the element of actually conversing with someone, and uh, but in a debatable um, sense, meaning we will be discussing a lot of. Um, debatable heated topic so the idea is to share your perspective on things as well as we are sharing our perspective on things but in a uh, controlled manner so that way nobody is feeling um talked down to and nobody is feeling that their voices are not being heard um like i said the idea is i hope to get to a point where we realize that we're a lot similar versus us being different so a little intro about me um, I'm 25. I was born in Haiti. I grew up in the States. I came to the state at about nine. Um, so I've been living in the States since then throughout my journey in America. I think I've moved quite a bit. Um, I used to live in Boston, moved down to Atlanta. I did my high school, middle school and high school in Atlanta and then college in Miami. And now I live in Seattle. What I do for my professional life, I am a university recruiter. So basically what I do is uh, we recruit software engineers straight out of college uh, to come and work for our company. So throughout this um, show, I'll have the opportunity to share some of my uh, experiences with you guys and we'll have an opportunity to discuss some like resume building and negotiation tactics, anything that I feel like will be useful for you guys in terms of like what I've learned in the recruiting industry, I will definitely be sharing that with you guys. So welcome once again. I'm so excited for us to get started. Um, on that note, on to you, sir. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> um, for those who don't know me, I am Stanley. Uh, I was born and raised in Haiti, uh, moved to the States in 2000. I was about 13. So spent the rest of my uh, high school years here um, went to school here actually lived in georgia for uh 17 years until i relocated to uh, texas time for a change lived in georgia for too long yeah kind of like you know need a new uh area to spread my wings so to speak um but anyways uh, so that's a bit more about me i am a human resources coordinator here uh, i'm definitely working with uh individuals is what i do on a daily basis so i am <laughs> fully aware of different personalities of different uh backgrounds so this uh show or conversation is like the kind of said the opportunity for us to get away from uh the keyboard and our phones and actually have face-to-face -face conversations. I mean, of course, some of the comments that you guys will post will be, you know, via you typing, but we will have opportunities where 
we'll have one or two of you on here as well with us and we can definitely uh, do like a round table or something of the sort where everybody's opinion can be can be heard so definitely excited about this journey um uh, and i we've been debating topics for the past what seven years it seems since we met like that's exactly how we met debating stuff so so we decided why not take you know what we do best and let you guys really you know be a part of it and um, hopefully we can kind of get you know away from people putting tones to comments that are said people putting tones to words that are being used when it's really not meant to be malicious at all so with that welcome and let's enjoy this journey together yeah so excited that you guys are here um i will say one thing because i know that you guys are probably going to be tuning in every friday i'm hoping right um right. so there is one disclaimer that i have to put out there to all of my viewers um just so you guys know, if you don't know me, then this is going to be kind of shocking and new to you. But throughout this podcast or the show, I will be uh, using a lot of curse words. So Ooh. I have to put that disclaimer out there. I'm telling. Just because most people don't know that I curse that much, but I can be a sailor. So um, especially about things that I'm like super passionate about. So you'll get a chance to like, you know, hear those come out every now and then. If if it's making you feel uncomfortable, I completely understand. But uh, the more and more you listen to me, um, it will become a lot easier. You'll just realize <laughs> that, okay, that's just Vakanya. That's just how she talks. So we just gonna have to deal with it. Um, on that note, our first topic of today for our first YouTube launching. Um, so we're gonna be talking about a variety of different topics. I wanna kind of like get started. I'm gonna have Stanley start this one first because I'm so curious into seeing like what his thoughts are. <laughs> so um, that being said, we wanna talk about uh, the Trump comments Ooh. that, yeah, I know, right? So um, we all know that this man is just special. We'll just say that. Like, he's extremely special. And I've already said that I did not want to give him the time of day to talk about this topic, but um, I think it's an important topic. So whether or not you're Haitian or not, or African, um, this nigga has said things about, like, literally everybody. So I'm sure you'll be able to relate with what we have to say about him. And then, of course, we want you to let us know what you think in terms of, like, what kind of a president we have that's like representing America right now. So what are your thoughts on his comment about uh, Haitians and Africans being from shithole countries? Well, I mean, he gets to enjoy his freedom because of shithole people who kind of came over here to help the U.S. fight for their independence. So, you know, there's that to begin with. Um, so I guess he is entitled to his own opinions. Um, I mean, when I first heard it, I... I wasn't shocked because I already know who he is. I already know what he's all about. So that did not surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. um, however, I was definitely offended because you're talking about my birthplace. That's, mm -hmm. that's the place that, you know, you guys wanted to colonize so badly that you are still in, you know, the government's pockets there in Haiti. You're still trying to extract gold and everything that we have there. But however, somehow we're a shithole country. If we're such a shithole country, why don't you leave us alone? Leave us alone. Like, get your people out and just leave us alone. And besides, I know that 
um, one of the conversations that I had with a friend of mine um, over Facebook was, well, you know, his comment is not fully, you know, incorrect. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Though his comment may not be fully incorrect, it doesn't give him any room as an outsider to come in and make any type of claims against our country. Not only that, the country is in the situation that it is because of the UN's involvement, the U.S.'s involvement in our uh, government and into the affairs that we have going on. Clearly because they are still upset about the first black nation, you know, defeating their uh, forefathers in, you know, the slavery battle that we had where we gained our independence. And of course, us going to help all these other countries get liberated as well, and even fighting here in the U.S. So when you have oppressors who know that they can't physically fight you, they'll go ahead and create strategic, and they'll strategically set things to make sure that this nation will never rise again. Right. As an, you know, whether whether it is as an economic power or whatever type of power that they think they can rise up against us, we're going to strategically place things to make sure that it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And because they realize that the this group of African nations, African slaves, what they were able to do, not just for themselves, but for several other countries, including this one, mm-hmm. Chicago, Chicago was founded by a Haitian person, Louisiana. That's all Haiti right there. So Louisiana is the direct descendants of Haitian slaves that were brought up over here. So with that, Trump, he he's an asshole. We all know it. He's dumb. We all know it. He's 70 years old. I mean, God, what are you doing? I mean, TikTok, what are you doing? Like, for real, what are you doing? But, you know, truth of the matter is, is, is are there improvements that we can make? Definitely. But yeah. as, it, as an outsider you won't get to speak of the affairs of what's going on within the family. Right. Right. And I agree with that. I I really do. Um, I do believe that Haitians have a responsibility to dictate how we're perceived around the world. I think that is solely dependent on us. Um, However, I will say one thing, though, Um, as prideful Mm -hmm. as we Haitian people are, and we have every right to be um, you know, take pride in our history because we've done so mi- so much and because we've actually changed history when, um, you know, a black revolution, a successful black revolution was never even heard of back in the day. So <clears throat> we are paying for that up until this day, which is unfortunate. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I, I will say this, I will say that um, we have a responsibility because all around this world, in every part of this world, there is a bad perception of Haitians throughout. And whether or not um, that perception has been stigmatized from way back when when we won our independence, um, I think that's highly likely. Um, Haiti was cut off from every major co- um, countries that you can think of in terms of like <clears throat> importing and exporting right. and us having to pay the French for nearly... Um, for gaining our independence for years to come. Um, a lot of the roads and, and schools and just the economy period could use that money. So I think 
with Trump saying what he's saying, and I see a lot of Haitians, you know, gathering and getting together and letting their voice be heard and protesting and, and doing all of that kind of stuff. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. I, I think the unity that we have as Haitians, we always come together, regardless of how fucked up we might be in terms of like our government back home. We are a people of unity and that's great. But I think our efforts should be geared towards actually helping and benefiting our country right. and actually being held responsible for how other nations view our country. Only us can do that. I mean, you, if you look, you know, a few years ago, Dominican Republic was sending our people back home and our people was being mistreated. Um, you have, you know, even in Jamaica and other parts of the Caribbean that happens. And now you have America. I mean, the protesting is fine and raising your voice is fine. Me personally, I did feel offended. Like the first thing I thought to myself when I heard the comment was like, literally, fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, I mean, are you seriously going to stand here and call my country a shithole? But I'm also cognizant and aware of that. Um, of, of the issues that we have back home. So my, my whole perspective on this is us doing protests is not gonna make Trump say sorry. And even if he did, nigga, we don't want your sorry. I was like, about to say that. that. I don't want his sorry. Exactly, so I think, I think what we need to do what our government need to do, what the Haitian people need to do, myself included, and you know, I've been speaking on the subject of really, um, really considering the core of our issues as Haitians and as you know, as, as in terms of like the government in general, I think we need to like freaking protest Emmanuel Macron, like, like, nigga, pay us, pay us that money. So that way we can rebuild our country. <laughs> we need to we need to actually put effort into actually re um, stabilizing our government and actually, you know, changing the face of how people view us. I mean, getting huffed up and puffed up about it and getting mad and all that kind of stuff. That nigga's still going to do what he's going to do. Didn't he like just stop um, um, low class working visas for Haitians to be able to apply to? So our voice right now, whether or not it's being heard and the media is broadcasting it and everything like that, um, it's moot, meaning that it's irrelevant. It's not going to solve anything unless we start tackling our government and we start holding our government to a higher standard <clears throat> and we start holding our own people to a higher standard. Like I mentioned before, we're a hundred percent responsible of how the world views us. And if they are going to say something negative about us, we can get mad as much as we want, but our energy should be like, all right, you're not going to talk that way about my country. I'm responsible for how my country is going to be perceived around the world. So I'm going to make a difference. I did want to say one thing though. I think in part of that, um, you have countries like China, for example, they have a system to where um, if an intern is uh, interning here in America, they are after their graduation, they are required to go back to their home country for two years to be able to work before they come back to work in America, which is a great system to be able to have. And I think that would be so helpful for Haitians. I know there's like a lot of uh, fear when it comes to like diaspora going to Haiti and actually rebuilding their country and everything like that because right. the economy is awful and we don't have jobs and all that kind of stuff. But if strategically the government was able to come up with a system that allows um, 
young professionals, young students to either go back to their home country and do an internship or after they're graduating um, or after graduation, they are um, required to go back to their home country for two years. I think that would be so helpful. One, we could train people in Haiti, whether um, whatever the field may be, agriculture, um, hospitality, um, whatever the case may be. But to be able to go back to your home co home country and to stabilize the people and to teach and to actually show the people how you know things are done based off of what we've learned you have a population that is growing to become a literate population mm -hmm. as opposed to having like over 80 percent of our population being an illiterate country so i think there's a lot of work that we have to consider and we need to go we need to look past this whole shithole comment like Fuck that nigga and his country. I mean, he's turning his own fucking country into a shithole. So he has no fucking place to talk. But I'm not even gonna, like I said, I'm not even gonna entertain that nigga. So I'm telling you right now, as a Haitian from a Haitian, we have that work to do. It's not about what other nations are saying because we depict that image. And if our, our image is skewed around the world, we're responsible for that. That's just all I'm gonna say about that part. I can't fully agree with that last point. I can't. I want to. I really want to, but I can't because it's there's something to be said when we don't control the media and the media is the one that's pushing out the images and the mm -hmm. and, and creating the thought process of people of what Haiti is. That's right. that that's one. So until I guess we take a hold of what other people see of our country and totally shut down what the media is showing them, um, then that part of it, I don't think we're fully 100% responsible. I think moving forward, we can try to change the, you know, people's point of view of, you know, what Haiti is. And from there, mm -hmm. we can try to uh, fix it that way. But at, at the moment, everybody who's been able to have any type of idea of what Haiti is comes straight from the media. And we all know that the media is controlled by the higher ups and the higher right. ups definitely can't stand a country of slaves who just revolted. Um, right. And furthermore, as far as our our actions are concerned as Haitian, as far as what we need to do, number one, stop revering the white man. That's like my biggest problem. It's like the white man can do no wrong. The right, right? like you, they're quicker to listen to a white person than they are to listen to their own people. And for me, that's mm -hmm. utterly disgusting. Like, what is it about that person that makes you feel like I should listen to him instead of instead right. of me listening to so and so who's from Kwadebuke or or, or Jean Abel or wherever? So we have we have that in our mind that they are actually superior than us. And I'm not saying that we're, I'm not saying it in a way where like, well, we're actually superior. No, it's just like, they're human and we're humans. You do what you do where you at and I'm gonna do what I do where I'm at. Where I'm at. And once we stop putting them so high up, because as soon as one of them come down to Haiti and we all like all of a sudden wanna be their servants, we all wanna be their <laughs> slaves all over again. Like, no, get the hell away with that. Like. Like my father used to translate for uh, a whole bunch of them, of the especially the missionaries. I'm not gonna say they were all great or they were all bad, but nonetheless, I'm not the type of person to come here and kiss your butt just because you're from a foreign country who's quote unquote doing economically better than we are, and it's just like 
we want to give you everything that you want here in our country. No, this space is ours. Yeah. So, and, and, and a, lot, a lot of the people don't realize right now is that the Koreans, the Asians, and a lot of the other Americans folks that are quote-unquote investing in Haiti right now, mm-hmm. s- slowly but surely will be an occupied nation once again because yeah. what, the, what the Asians are going to do, they're not going to just hire a whole bunch of Haitians to fill their, uh, their businesses. No, they're going right. to bring people from China and Korea and all that, that like, like, just like they've done in Africa. Yeah. So it's not it's yeah. not anything that hasn't happened before. So you open up your doors to them. That's all great and well. Be welcoming because that's who we are. We welcome all creed and group of people because we don't we don't care about that. We love everybody. So yes, come visit. But by all means, we are not going to give you the land that you so preciously want from right. us because guess what? It gives you the opportunity to escape this here shithole. Right. Right. Because Haiti is is such a paradise that everybody just want to be there because they'll be able to escape the the pressures and the stress of the U.S. or every, any anywhere else that they are currently being a part of. So right, right, and you know that that's like a fear of mine. You know, like a fear of a Haiti no more. Yes, we've been, you know, an independent country for two hundred and fourteen years now, and I'm so you know like proud to be able to stand and say yes my country was the first black independent country and we've been able to hold it down for two over 200 years it's incredibly such an incredible accomplishment but with that being said if we're not careful we won't have a haiti anymore because right now like stanley had mentioned so many foreign countries are invested quote unquote, Um, like for example, Korea has a factory um, in the countryside Mm -hmm. in uh, Haiti that are making clothes that are being um, placed in Walmart and like Target and stuff like that. But do you know the name that is on those clothes? It does not say made in Haiti, it said made in China. But that but but the, that factory is located in Haiti and you have our people putting in laborious hours and um, probably getting paid nickel and dime. Yep. But we're not getting credit for it. So um, in terms of like what I was saying of us being responsible, we need people in our government who is smart and intuitive enough to understand the fundamental systematic uh, a system that they have placed in terms of trying to control assets in Haiti for their own benefit, not for ours, because those money are not going towards our roads. They're not going to, towards our schools. They're not going towards budget in terms of for our teachers to be able to be motivated to teach. Um, you have students that are getting out of school, unable to, you know, secure a job because the economy is so bad. So there is a lot of stuff that we need to do. And you know, I like I said, I, I do believe that um, we're responsible for that. Only us. I mean, we shouldn't even allow another country to have so much power in our country, in our home, in our land. You know, the first constitution that was written by Ali uh, Christophe um, actually uh, forbade or forbidden. Does that be the right word? Forbidden. <laughs> you know mm. what I'm talking about. Um, forbidden. <laughs> We're gonna take you back to grammar school. The white man from actually owning land in Haiti. That was the very first constitution ever written for Haiti. I mean, that constitution 
has been rewritten so many times until the point where our constitution reflects very similarly to the American constitution. I don't know why, but you don't know uh, why? the point is we had control <laughs> at some point and now we're losing all kinds of control. Like we're losing all kinds of control. And then the very people that have dictated and that have um, somehow uh, held us by the fucking throat is the same motherfuckers that's telling us that we're shithole countries, which that shit doesn't make any sense because um, niggas, y'all go into Africa and y'all decided whatever the fuck y'all wanted to do. Y'all split. Y'all had people running. I mean, the one person who's controlling majority of the oil reserves in Africa is a white man. Why is that? Africa is the largest continent in the world. Yep. Larger than um, Europe, U.S., parts of Asia combined. Now, you have the white man going into that country, discombobulating shit, and then they're going over there, sitting somewhere and be like, oh, look at that shithole country. Nah, nigga, fuck you. You did this shit. <laughs> it's a I'm mental sorry. game. It's I'm a... sorry. And that's how I feel about that. So, if you're a Haitian and you're African and you're Mexican and you're, you're, you're Muslim, whatever, you know, your background is, and this president has said something derogatory towards you, I will say that we do not pay attention to the mentally ill. So just, I wouldn't even give that nigga more than, I don't know how long we've been recording, but that's all I'm going to say about that, man. <laughs> oh, well, one last thing for me is, um, like I said, once we start revering them and stop looking at to them for answers for things that we need to do back home mm-hmm. and stop being so afraid because... Oh my God, if I say this or if I say that, I might lose my job. Right. Understand that people died for us to be independent. They didn't care about losing their lives. So if you're afraid about losing your $70,000, $80,000 or $30,000 that you're making a year, yeah. then, then, then Haiti will always be in the position that it is. Because yeah. until you understand that money comes and goes, and if they decide today that today that they no longer want to deal with Haitians in their company, they will yeah. let you go, whether you are in an executive position or not. And I'm telling you this because as a human resources person, I've seen it happen to execs left and right. They no longer want you to be part of this company. They will let you go. Mm-hmm. And that's people who are mem So can't even tell you about you who, who, yeah. who don't want to... Uh, Get up and stand up and um, use this brain that God has given you. If you're afraid of losing this money, well, guess what? Work harder. Use your, yeah. use your mind and find a way to make money. But yeah. if you want to be comfortable, you want to have this nice little piece of land that, you know, here in the U.S., that which the government can really just come in and kick you out anytime that they want to, as long as they, they're able to create some false, you know, reasoning for them to kick you out, go ahead, stay here. Stay yeah. here and, you know, rack up on this sixty, seventy thousand. But we have to do something to change the conception of Haiti. We have to do something to change what Haiti looks like. We have to do something to give to our children. Or if you plan on having any or any family members, we need to go back home and restore our land, point blank. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, you know, my hope is to um, go back to my country and, fulfill my own mission. So I encourage you guys, like if, if, if you are a Haitian and you have been offended by these comments made by our, um, idiot in power, whatever, <laughs> um, 
Um, definitely, you know, like look past that and 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 do your duties as a Haitian citizen, regardless of if you were born in America or not. Your parents are Haitian. Uh, Haiti is in your blood. That is your country. And uh, just just think about that. Like if if you're upset. Use that anger towards, I'm going to do something that I know will make my country stand out and to represent my country in a different light. So exactly. that being said, feel free to like let us know what you think and um, what was going through your mind when Trump said that. Um, if you're a Haitian, definitely let us know if you're African. I mean, he's talked about all of us, right? So even if you're a Muslim and like, you know, I definitely would love to hear how you felt and like some of your perspective on um, what he said. I know we're not going to give him that much platform, but um, I think it's definitely important for us to talk about because our society right now is going towards down this path of purely hatred and purely racism, and we're starting to see it more and more. Right. I mean, it's as if we're living like, you know, back in the early 19th century. I mean, it's ridiculous. So um, feel free to let us know what you thought about, you know, his shenanigan comments. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. Africa... Speaking, uh -huh. of Afri Speaking of Africa, how yeah. do you feel about monkeys? Oh, gosh. Okay, guys, <laughs> we're going to shift over and talk about um, this H&M controversial Ooh. ad. Um, just because I think it's such a, like, a, a, again, you know, because our society is shifting down this path of uh, racism that just never really went away, but we're starting to see it a lot more. Um how do I feel about monkeys? Jesus Christ. Okay. First of all. <laughs> Let me first stop. <laughs> of all, um, I will say that I've seen like different, you know, two different people talking about what they felt about this H&M. Um, what did that shirt say? It said the coolest, coolest monkey, monkey in the, in the jungle. jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you guys haven't seen it, um, definitely go look it up. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen it because it's been circulating around Facebook. But I've seen people talk about how it's not really racism. You know, we're reaching. Black people always like to place racism on a lot of things. So nowadays we're confused, you know, like everybody want to yell out racism, racism just, just because. And I think that term is getting lost um, and we're not really uh, using it properly sometimes. I do understand that. But in this case, I don't think it was reaching. I don't think it was reaching at all. I think the niggas know exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and um, they were trying to see, you know, how far they could take it. And here's why I say that. The, first of all, the headquarters of H&M is in Sweden. Um, the owner of H&M was obviously is a white Sweden man, Swedish man. Um, and, you know, he's, he's no longer the... I guess the owner, um, his son, his name is Jeff Pearsons, I believe. Um, I don't know, something Parsons, not Pearson. Yes, fact check me. I, I can't remember right now. Um, but the last name is Parson. Um, so they, uh, his sons are the one that is actually running the company right now. But um, I did a little bit more digging, you know, because I was like, okay, are they really reaching or are we just, is some of us like, you know, um, at this point where we just don't want to combat this whole topic of racism when it's like right there in front of us. And some of us may not even have the uh, in-depth knowledge to be able to decipher whether or not something is racist or not. So that might be the case. But for me, I think that shit was racist straight up. I don't think it was, I don't think it was like, um, 
you know, uh, the fault of what is it? The marketing team, maybe somebody in the marketing team, whoever uh -huh. came up with that was, I don't know, maybe stupid and, and not culturally diverse. That might've been the case, but the intent, I mean, the reason why I say that is because we all know about human zoos, right? I mean, that has been a thing um, in the early 19th century, um, up until the 20th century, actually. Um, and parts of Germany, Chicago, um, London, um, all over the world, you had these human zoos that um, people would go to. And, and what they would do is they would um, take Africans from um, Africa and display them in the zoo. And the way that they would create the zoo is it would be like their natural habitat. Um, so they would cook there, they would, you know, be exactly how they were from, you know, back home. Majority of them, mm -hmm. well, not majority of them, but a variety of them came from Congo. So you had these human zoos that was just a thing. And you had the white man saying that this was a way of them learning about other people, but no, it was it was humiliating. It's it's like we were seen as um, we were seen as being closely related to apes because we're a lot darker. Um, if you research William McGee, William McGee was um, huge racist. Um, he was from Iowa. He was actually the one behind this whole uh, human zoo kind of like um, expedition. I guess you could say you had like people, famous people go into these things like Queen Mary um, attended one of these things. So the idea, the thought process has been like a hierarchy of the races and the white man being at the top and then everybody else falls underneath that. <clears throat> So that mentality has been engraved into uh, white culture for a very, very long time. Um, and it's still something that I think people, um, especially if, if, if that person is a white person, they still believe that they are superior. Um, they even did a whole scientific research. And, you know, if you put scientific on it, people are going to like, oh, it's true. It's right. true. Um, but but. That that was that was the mentality that has been preached and passed down for generation to generation. So it's hard to get that um, idea out of a white person's mind that has been led to believe that they're superior. So this whole monkey thing, it comes from somewhere. It didn't just pop up out of the blue. So I don't understand why people are saying that black people are reaching. Like, no, nigga, we have a history. This is what they used to view us. Like, this is what they used to say about us. Now you think that in 2018 that they don't, they still don't feel this way? It hasn't been that long since, you know, we still have human zoos that are still operating in parts of Germany. So it's not, it's not completely far stretch. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. Like, that shit was racist. And I don't agree with, like, I did see people um, breaking stuff at H&M. I saw this video. Have you seen it? Yep. It's like a, yeah, I I mean, that's just stupid. Like, y'all just acting like the fucking monkey that they just called you. So I don't even understand why y'all just say, I'm sorry. I love y'all. But I, I really need to, uh, I, I need y'all to understand as, as a black person, I'm going to need y'all to stop giving the white man more shit to be able to talk about us. Like, if they're calling you monkey and you over here going to H&M and breaking shit, bruh, really? So... That's my take on it. That shit was racist. Well, when I saw it, I was just like, well, what's what's going on here, huh? What's, what we got <laughs> going on? What's what's happening? And then they had the white boy in, like, the other shirt. What did the other shirt say? Uh, Something, 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 but it wasn't Kulis Cracker in the... 
jungle. <laughs> I know that much. Um, but anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, so for me, of course, when I first saw it, I was just like, uh, my first my first reaction was, well, somebody went wrong here. And then I immediately thought of, where was his parents? Um, where was his parents? That that was my that my immediate second thought. Oh, of course, my immediate second thought was where was his parents? So I I took the time to not you know say anything about it until I was able to hear from like parents or or something to, to kind of like really get my thought process together and I, of course now you know people are going to be able to hear what, what what I fully think about it um was it racist definitely however if the mother of the child allowed them to do such a thing which which actually goes back to my first point with uh with the the whole Trump and Haiti being a shithole country like people trying to defend a buck and they 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 will allow the other party to do whatever they want. Like you mean to tell me you don't think that there's something wrong with your son wearing something that says "coolest monkey in the jungle" when the word "monkey" itself has been der- derogatory towards the black, you know, nation, the black people at all? You don't see that there was anything wrong with that. And she took. It's on- possible that she probably didn't though. She took onto social media and said there was nothing racist about it. So you guys are reaching. She was one of the few people that, that was on the other side that you guys are reaching. So at that point, I became conflicted. So it's like, do I, should we still feel offended about it? Or should we just say, okay, let it go? No, I'm not going to let it go because it's still racist as hell. So, mm-hmm. But however, we all see that anybody can be bought, really. Mm-hmm. Now, whether she, whether she was aware of it or not, that's another story because I've, I've, you know, like I was telling you before, I've, I've learned to be patient with folks who are not aware of a lot of things because self-awareness can, can not be taught. You have to really decide to take a deep look into yourself to see exactly what it is that you're willing to just let go for money mm-hmm. and devaluing yourself in the process. So as someone who, for a mother of a child, I'll say, I'll, let's just say that she is about in her late twenties or mid thirties. Let's just let's just give her that that age range. I don't know how old she is, but let's just give her that age range. You know what it is. You know what racism is. You know what everything is because kids who are like fifteen, sixteen know about all that. Mm-hmm. So your son is a model. Great, get your money. But at the same time, do not allow people to disrespect this young boy and put him in in front of everybody as a monkey coolest mm-hmm. monkey in the jungle for what like mm-hmm. really like there are no other type of clothes that he could wear right so for me it's at, at that point it's just okay so do we need to educate you because if we if we need to do that let's do that but however i cannot educate you when you're telling me that i'm even reaching so you you've become so close-minded that you're not even open to hearing my point of view or anybody else's point of view for that for that matter right. because hey that two three meals that you're getting it means that you don't need to hear nobody else's opinion because their opinion don't pay your bills. I get that, and I'm all for that. Their people's opinions don't pay your bills. However, when there there is a certain moral 
law that goes along for the for the whole community as a whole. There are certain things that yes, if you if if God says it's wrong for you, it's not wrong for somebody else. Cool, but there are certain things that are straight up morally bad for the community as a whole, and especially as a young kid growing up, that's that's giving other people opportunity to call him a monkey. And right. how, how do you know? How do you think that's gonna make him feel when he's in the cool? And they call in in the school, and they're calling him monkey in the playground. But he's the coolest monkey, though. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, yo, stop defending a buck and stand right. up for something that that really means something. Because money's gonna come and go, and when they cannot right. buy you anymore, they'll find somebody else to be to to buy. Because there will always be somebody. Well, a house nigga. Right. We one hundred percent feel niggas. So no. I don't want your money to wear something that says I'm the coolest monkey in the jungle. No, I don't want that. And as far as the marketing team not knowing, part of being a marketing part of being a marketing genius is knowing other cultures, is knowing different trends, is knowing the lingual so you can appeal to different type of races. So right. the marketing team not knowing, I'm not buying that for one second. Yeah. Yeah, neither am I. So the question is for you guys to answer is is there a lack of consistency within the um, African-American community as in general in terms of what is racist and what is not? Um, and the reason why I ask that is because we pick and choose, right? We pick and choose what is considered racism and what is not. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it has a lot to do with who we favor and who we don't. Um, and sometimes it has a lot to do with us not just knowing, um, just um, not being up to par in terms of uh, understanding our history and our background. So is there a lack of consistency? And if there is a lack of consistency, how do we plan on to how do we plan on moving forward? Um, as a community, we have this whole movement of Black Lives Matter now. How do we plan on moving forward if we are not all consistent in terms of the very first thing that attacks us at our core, which is racism? Right. If we can't seem to agree on that or come up with a consensus as to what is racist and what is not, how do we move forward? We're always going to be in, in combat with each other. So that's the question for y'all. I definitely want to see you guys like, I don't know, post up or write up, whatever it is that you got to do. I'm going to, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm like, here's some of this. Like, how do we move forward? Like, how does the black community move forward? We're at a point right now where we're gaining momentum. Like, I'm rooting for everybody black. Not to say that I'm not rooting for anybody else. It's just to say that as um, a community that has been targeted for many, many years and that has been oppressed for many, many years, I'm loving the momentum of black people doing better, of black people gaining recognition, of um, the whole system just shifting. I'm, I'm extremely proud and excited about it, but uh, I right. still think there is a little bit of dichotomy there. We're not on the same page. All black people are not on the same page. Uh, we have a group that be saying like, y'all reaching, everything is racist. This shit's not racist. And then we have a group that say, this is racist. So yeah. how do we, what do we do? What do we do in this situation? Like I said, I may have, I would have been able to free a lot more slaves if only they knew they were slaves. That's a good, pretty good statement. That is a pretty good statement. So that being said, we're going to wrap up this topic um, because I think I think I would really like for you guys to be able to put your input so that way we can like talk a little bit more about this. Um, racism is something that is incredibly impactful in our lives today, not just with black and white, but <clears throat> with every culture. Um, you know, you have racism within the Muslim 
just Muslims and Christians, like I think then that too is racism. You have racism that um, exists all over the world, but um, either some of us choose to ignore it, um, which we shouldn't, and some of us are not um, really up to par in terms of understanding it. So we need to, in order to even think about um, moving together as a community, we need to be able to come, you know, to be on the same level in terms of understanding. Right. First and foremost. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys are liking this so far. I mean, we've been like talking for a minute now. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think we got a lot of stuff out of the way. Um, like I told you guys, these these uh, channel. I mean, this this channel is really for us to not only talk about um, topics that is going on in terms of like the world, but also we'll be having moments where we connect with each other um, and just having uh, topics within amongst our cohorts in terms of like what we're going through. So we just decided to start off with some of these mostly highly debated topics just because I think uh, it'll get the conversation rolling. And I definitely want you guys to like deep dive and like talk about it, no matter how uncomfortable it may be. Definitely uh, send us your uh, your feedback. But I love uh, uncomfortable topics, so you know I'm all for it. If you guys want to talk about it, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, that part. Um, what was the other thing that we said we were gonna talk about? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna end on the lighter note. Um, <laughs> our friend. Arden's, I don't think it's that much of a lighter note. It, it, it is kind of light for me. Um, our friend Argens um, sent us a message. Well posting something and asked us about our thoughts on it. So instead of uh, typing comments, we wanted to just add it on um, to here. Um, it's about, can, can you get the post real quick and, and read it for the people? I mean, I'll post um, it up on the video here so they can see it, but we can get you to read it. So it's basically I, about this uh, transgender uh, woman who uh, married this guy, and um, <laughs> and so they've been trying to have kids, and apparently they cannot have kids because, well, in a previous life, he was a dude. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, so I don't know <laughs> how he's going to get pregnant, but that's, that's really the one we're going to talk about here. As soon as she gets it, she'll read it out to y'all, and uh, we can have a you know quick, 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 segment on that one uh, before we end here today wait a minute i'm trying to wait for it to load um but i thought this was kind of a interesting um so okay perfect here i have it so i'm gonna read it to you guys it says i'm married to a wonderful man we have been together for five years married for two my husband wants kids and i have been trying and have been trying to get me pregnant as of lately. Mm-hmm. And he has even started working on a kid's room. Ooh. He has all these thoughts of him being a loving daddy. So lately, he's been making appointments to see a fertility specialist. But I've been canceling the appointment, and he's been getting very upset about it. The problem isn't that, I, that I'm sterile and can't have kids. Um, the problem is I am a transsexual and I never told him. I love him so much, and I know he loves me too. This makes me nervous, and my heart aches. We're so happy together. What could I do? Do I tell him the truth, or do I quietly exit out of the marriage? As a man, I don't know about y'all. As a man, put up the dukes, bro. We fight. Um, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Um. Honestly, 
when I read that, I was like, my dude, I mean, I know, I know there are like awesome surgeon out there, surgeons out there who do phenomenal work. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to know. Right. That's how good they are. Um, but when it comes to a relationship, um, for me now, part of my first date questions, tell me about your background. Let's go back to that first day you were born. Yeah. A boy, it's a girl. <laughs> let me know what we let me know what we're working with because I I think honesty is very important in a relationship. Whether um, it causes the relationship to end or not is mm-hmm. totally uh, up to the person that you're telling the truth to. Um, so if they never had a conversation about how he feels about, you know, transgenders and, and, and all that. You're kind of putting the guy in a tough spot, especially if he wants kids with you, if he wants to have... And the, the bad part is when you fall in love with somebody and you take these vows for better or worse, this is a worse. Like, there's no limit on the worse, first of all. There's no limit on the better, but we always so try to put... So, as a guy, as a guy, right? Let's say this was you, uh-huh. and she came out and told you that she's a transsexual. Would you stay, or would you end the marriage? I can't stay, bro. You, you <laughs> do. But it says for better or worse, though. Yeah, this is a worse that I can't... I, I, my, my, word, my better or worse was to a woman, you know what I'm saying? Not, not again. I don't have anything against transgenders, or that's the way they choose to live. However, right. however, the choice that I was making was based on you, a woman, and I get yeah. it. As 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 long as they change their thing to them, they're they're women. But we we can't we can't keep going on because that's 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 just that's foul, bro. That's foul. You know you you. Were, you know you a um, bro. You know you a bro. Why won't you tell me you were broke from the very beginning? But my thing is, how could you not know? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. And and forgive me if I'm like, um, uh, how do you say it, illiterate on this subject? But how do you have sex with somebody for five years and just not know? Like, I would have to research and see what they do when they do the surgery. Oh, like, does it really that? look like a vagina? Yeah. It does. Yeah. You looked it up. Yeah. You, you, really looked it up. you know I looked it up. I'm not gonna have. <laughs> we're not gonna have this conversation, and I don't know what. What you know. Like well, I said, they, you know, surgeons then are that very good. That, that, that whole debate. I guess. I guess if it, if it looks like a vagina, it feels like a vagina. I mean, I know that the penis is like a um in in like. I know the whole uh, biography in terms of like how the penis, technically the penis comes out of a, of a vagina. So right. I get it. I'm sure you know they made it look perfectly fine but it goes back to this whole notion of like our marriages nowadays like marriages that are being built on lies marriages that are being built too fast marriages that people are not taking their time to get to know that person and don't get me wrong I feel like even if you were with somebody for 10 years there's still a lot of things to learn about them so there's never really like a set time that you have to be with someone before you actually get down this whole marriage role thing but I feel like in the dating aspect of it i'm asking you all kinds of questions man. Like, especially nowadays like i am asking you all kinds of questions so i don't know 
Okay, first of all, this may or may not be a real situation, but I'm sure it probably has been a real situation before to like where somebody's like, oh shit, what do I do? Um, but for me, like my whole thing after reading this was like, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like you're either gonna die or like I would just, I don't know. I, I think I think in this situation, um, if you are with somebody for this long, and you just had no clue about their deepest, darkest secret. Y'all need to reevaluate y'all relationship, like legit. Right. And that's that's all I'm gonna say on that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, should she tell? I mean, I don't want her to die. She she's, might not, die. she's not gonna die. You might kill her. You never know. There's some crazy folks out there. Well, that's what I'm saying. She's not gonna die if she chooses a very strategic way to tell him. Police station. Bruh. Hey man, I, what is the most strategic way that a female can come up to you and say, "Yeah, I've been fucking you for five years, but I'm low key a man." No. <laughs> <laughs> there is no strategic way. So, anyways, that being said, I'm gonna let you guys, you know, uh, pitch in and let me know, like, how would you go about telling somebody your deepest, darkest secret after you've been with them for so long? They already like madly in love with you and all that kind of stuff. Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a transgender. I mean, I I have a policy now. I don't want to know the good. You know how when you start talking to somebody and you start dating and it's all the good stuff. No, I don't want to know the good stuff. Tell me the bad stuff. Yeah. Because your good stuff will come out. I'll see your good. I'll see them because it's you and it's gonna come out. But the bad stuff that you're trying to hide. No, tell me tell me all of that. Tell me your worst. Tell me the worst things you've done. Tell me the worst right. thing that you're thinking about doing or you've ever thought about doing. That would right. Can, but not everybody's going to be upfront and honest about that. Oh, though. that's why like, we have so... face-to-face conversation. Let me let me look in your eyes. Let me look in your soul. Yeah, Tell but me. even then, I feel, like, I feel like there's not one way or there's, we can't, you can't say that, you know, even, you could do all of that and still not know anything about that person. So, um it, the question becomes <laughs> when before you even get married um what kind of things are you trying to filter out like what kind of information should you be filtering out from the very beginning before you guys even get up to that point um are you guys gonna go through you know the dirty dirties you know, the the secrets all of that um or are you just gonna let time pass and because some people say you know, if you first meet somebody, it's intimidating to ask them all these questions all at once. Wow. I don't think so. I'm wow. asking you all these questions, whether you want to answer them or not. I mean, that's up to you. But uh, this is this is this is your life. And like, like I said, I'm not like somebody like me. If before I get married, I'm not just looking for a wife. I'm looking for somebody who's going to be able to not only be a part of this life that I'm building, but be a mother to these children and be this person who's going to uh whose life is going to align somewhat with mine and if we're not having the tough conversations then all we're gonna do is just setting ourselves up for failure and and in divorce in which case let's let's just not get married at all because if i'm trying to especially for me right now i'm trying to like i said i don't want to stay here i'm definitely going to move back to haiti so why would i start a relationship with somebody and me not mention to them hey by the way I don't plan on staying here, right? but I let them think that I'm going to stay here and we're going to be here and we're going to go ahead and get married and have kids here by Lindsay. No, I'm not trying to do all that. So yeah. if, so I think if we're upfront about certain things that we want and don't want, we will avoid a lot of headaches. And yeah. as, as, as much as we can, we need to do 
whatever it is necessary for us to avoid ending up in divorce because divorces are ugly and they have a domino effect on people around us and will end up having that effect on people we don't even know but because those who are near to us were affected by it their behavior just kind of spilled over to all other other kind of people so we need to have the tough questions yeah 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 so uh that being said um we are getting to the end of our first show um i hope you guys had enjoyed all of the topics that we talked about um like i said this is an opportunity for you guys to um, definitely comment, fe- put your feedback out there, um, and let us know what you thought on all of the topics that we talked about. If you disagree, if you agree, we don't care. We just want to hear from you um, because ultimately we want to have you come on board and actually participate in this um, live recording with us and actually talk about your perspective and your um take on things and definitely uh, we want to uh, definitely uh, allow you guys that opportunity to start debating with us so on that note thank you guys for joining us we're so excited um tune in each and every friday night we are going to be discussing other topics it's not always going to be what the mainstream media is putting out there it's going to be a variety of different topics so we definitely are excited about this and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this first one you have anything to say sir Yes. Um, if you guys, well, first of all, thank you for you know sitting here with us. It's a good hour of conversation. Not bad. Um, it feels like it went by fast too. Um, yeah. So if you stayed until the end, or if you just try to like see what happens at the end, welcome to the end. Um, but thank you for joining us here. Um, if you want to do video response, please go ahead and do that. Um, we'll we'll give you the email address below. You can go ahead and um, send us your video response, and we'll definitely uh, make sure you are part of our either our next uh, episode or the episodes to come. We'll have an, an opportunity to have you on board. Um, but like I said, if you want to do video responses, feel free to do so. If you just want to type, go ahead and do that. But we're trying to have conversations, face-to-face conversations with actual people and not try to, you know, I wonder what he means by that, just in case we right. have something that we want to have clarified or you want to clarify something and make sure that you know your comments are not taken the wrong way we're all for that video responses comments by all means like our facebook page subscribe and we're gonna have more 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 stuff and lastly screw the patriots (laughs) okay (laughs) I know. All right, y'all. It's over. It's, over. it's, the, it's the last thing. We can't, we, we're not going back on the Patriots. That's why I said it. That's, that's why I let you go ahead and say it. You know what? <laughs> that's going to be our next topic. We're going to talk about no. the Patriots uh, on our next show. So. We, in, we are not talking about no Patriots, okay? Are you just mad because your team didn't make it? I ain't I'm watching, just saying. I ain't watching all season. I'm just talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, We will definitely looking, we will will be looking forward to you guys' posts and um, feedback. And then uh, we'll get this this conversation started. Um, If you are a shy person, don't be shy. Speak your mind. Um, We definitely want people to be bold, expressive human beings. So um, get on board. You don't have to care about what people think about your opinion. Just stay and talk about your opinion. Um, And we're looking forward to it. Bye. Cool. Adios, people. Live long and prosper. Peace.